Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian hey. and Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk about Resident Evil Village and Hell Let Loose. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason Gay, Tom C., Chris K., Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Uh, it's just random stuff. We talk about random, mostly food and beverages, but also other things that go on in our lives. Uh, those are the the benefits of the side quest. And you also access two horror movie yearbooks, Tiny Terrors, which are their version of a side quest where they talk about awesome stuff. I recently was on an episode talking about my parents' old haunted house. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun talking to those guys. So consider joining patreon and getting access to those things and as always we do appreciate feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcast we are twitch affiliates normally we would be streaming this episode but we're having some issues currently and it's not a big deal so we're not going to do it but uh if you join us on twitch that would be cool you get some sweet emotes of our faces which is pretty rad um but yeah something to consider alex any bumpers for the network Yes, uh, the horror movie Yearbook Boys did talk about The House of Wax a couple weeks ago, the remake in 2005. They also had a tiny terror out this week about the 2021 summer conventions that are going that are currently scheduled to happen around us here in Michigan, so please give that a listen. They're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead next week. So Is that out now? Uh, I believe it's up on Netflix. So you Oh, that was a Netflix thing? It. I thought it was like HBO. Yeah, no, he uh, it's a he made it for Netflix, so That's it should sweet. be out there. Uh, warning: there apparently are parts of the the show or of the movie that make it look like your TV has dead pixels. So don't freak out if you watch that show and you all of a sudden notice like tiny spots that aren't changing on your TV. I'm opening a beverage. Um, but I also we did a horror movie, or excuse me, we did Midwest Film Nerds. This past week, uh, Nick and I talked about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so please give that a listen and uh, and let us know what you think. It cool. Was fun. I uh, don't know what we're going to do next, but uh, we'll see. Very cool. Uh, yeah, Brian, other than Hell It Loose, how was your Rainbow Sixing last night? It was fun, actually. We had five people, like, m- most of the evening. That's awesome. Yeah. I was sad I could not join. By the time I could join, I think it was just like Fuzzy, Dustin, and and your friend from work, Brian. I think. Uh, not from work, but oh, yeah, somebody you know. Anyway, but yeah, Mike. <clears throat> I miss Rainbow Six. I was just uh, trying to get the laser working. That's all I've been doing these past few weekends. I haven't really played much, so I've just been like, we're focusing on focusing, huh? Laser, no laser focused. Yeah. <laughs> laser focused on the laser and getting that up and running so that I can make some really cool Midwest Game Nerd swag in the future. Or if you want, like, I could, like, laser etch your PlayStation controllers and things like that, you know? So. Oh, my, my non-existent PS5 controllers? I would appreciate Yeah, that. yeah. Exactly. Or the side plates. I, uh, since I bought the black ones, maybe, maybe I can give you my, uh, my white ones to do something with. That would be interesting because it's a very, like, organic surface mm-hmm. with all the, the shaping of it. But, yeah. yeah it, no, I mean, I'd, I'd cool to do whatever, man. Apparently, you can still sell PS5s for decent money. So, even if you screw it up, you could probably still sell it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 
But anyways, Brian, what else have you been playing? Anything? Um, Anything fun? I played maybe three hours of Disco Elysium. Yeah, and your thoughts? Um, it, it's pretty. It's it's pretty good. I mean, I love the like the artwork of it and everything, but like the writing is what really shines. It is so damn witty. It's like way funnier than I expected it to be. That's like, awesome. I was literally laughing out loud pretty much the whole time I was playing it. Um, just uh, the characters are just really well written, and the dialogue seems really true to each character. Like you run into this one guy, and he's just like a racist piece of shit, <laughs> and and but he's like trying to basically explain why he thinks the way he does and stuff, and and you, you it's just funny because basically your character is just garbage, it seems. But you can kind of decide what kind of garbage he is. Like, <laughs> like is he recyclable you, garbage or is he just yeah, like... <laughs> pretty much. It's like, is he garbage that wants to become something better at some point? Or is he just going to remain garbage? Right. Like, I literally made the choice. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm spoiling much because this is just like beginner shit. But there's like an option in the beginning to where you... Like, okay, when you wake up, you're you like basically you got blackout drunk to the point to where you just don't remember anything about <laughs> your life <laughs> and you're like using you're a detective you figure that much out pretty quick like a cop and you're like slowly piecing together what happened the day before like why you are who you are and why you are in this position in this like uh hotel that you busted all the shit in the room at um so anyways like a little further on you kind of are like trying to figure out where your home is or if you even have one and one <laughs> of the options that you can have it's like an internal debate that it shows play out in your head um like you can basically choose to believe you don't have a home and you just live in a dumpster <laughs> So, so you're a hobo cop. <laughs> nice. And it gives you some kind of, like, perk. It's like it becomes a trait, like hobo cop. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And <laughs> so can we go back for a second? Can you kind of describe what the game is exactly? Yeah, I'm from... sorry. Okay. That's okay, so it is a, uh isometric role-playing game okay. that has no combat. So it plays more like a... Like a point and click adventure, I would say with, okay. um, with RPG with character elements. building, yeah, right. yeah, okay. Like there's there's roles for like, um, I can't, you know, like to see if you actually can accomplish something. And yeah, like speech checks and skill yeah. checks, that type of stuff. Like a role playing game would have, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, you can kind of go anywhere, like. A typical, uh, like if you're playing Baldur's Gate or something, you're kind of free to just roam the map and do things in whatever order you want, even though you have like specific goals. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's quest, a quest log like normal. You can pick basically from uh, some predefined characters, or you can roll your own stats at the beginning, which is what I did. I always do that. Um, it's uh that the stats are all like 
interesting and unique to that game, like compared to any RPG that would have combat, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's like some fighting and and but it's probably just like a bunch of uh, roles to check whether you like do well or not. But uh, yeah, no actual combat. But uh, it, it's really interesting because most of the game dialogue is just like this one narrator that is basically like in your head. Okay. So you're bas- you're kind of like talking things through with all the different parts of like your psyche kind of that's cool. And yeah. And depending on your stats and like what you picked in the beginning of the game, what you're seeing um, play out in your head is different from what I understand. Hmm. Cause you may not like, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird game, but it's uh, incredibly clever. And I, I look forward to playing more of that. And you know what else you, you forgot to put in the title that's kind of important is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Just oh, out. yeah, that's true. <laughs> and well, I did play real that. Quick, real quick on, on Disco Elysium, you picked it up because, or you started playing because the director's cut got released recently, which added a lot of voice voice acting and um, I think also coincided with a console release. Um, so it yeah. should be available for a lot of people to play. I heard the console release had some performance issues, but I assume some of that stuff got ironed out since then. So be curious to know yeah. how well it plays on Switch. Yeah, yeah, that would I feel and like, like would be an interesting place with, to play. It. With I the may, dialogue, I mean, it's probably easier because you're not reading tiny text on the screen. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. That might make it a little more, uh, especially if you're going to play it handheld, right? But, yeah, yeah, I. I I waited to play, like you said, not because I didn't want to read stuff, but I I think I had heard they were going to add some content as well. Yeah. And I had waited this long, so I was like, what's another couple months after I bought it to wait? Oh, sweet. It's it's currently 25% off on uh, the Epic Game Store, and if you get your coupon, you can get it for 20 bucks. Nice. It's totally worth it. Yeah, the uh, I mean, I bought it a long time ago because people were raving about it, but I just haven't touched it. And uh, and then, yeah, the director's cut kind of out. So I was like, oh, I might as well wait for that. So I need to pick it up at some point and start playing that. It's good enough to where, I mean, Mass Effect Trilogy is, like, really high up, maybe. It's got to be top five, you know, like, game franchise, series for yeah. me, franchise. Um, and I was really enjoying the legendary edition. I started a playthrough of the uh, first game first, of course. And, um, I started playing Disco Elysium a little bit too. And at some point I just wanted to play Disco Elysium instead because it's a new novel experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, there's no nostalgia factor there or anything. Um, the voice acting that they added is really awesome though. It's like the the narrator for the stuff that you're internally debating is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, and um, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition. If you want to hear about that a bit, yeah. I can talk. Um, first off, the original game on PC, the port for PC, was very PC centric to the point to where it didn't even have controller support <laughs> natively. Because, yeah. I mean, back then, most games didn't really have controller support. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now they brought it 
more in line with the other two, where you can just pick up an Xbox controller and play it like you can on a console. Nice. Um, so that's really nice, because those games are ones I did actually play primarily on Xbox 360, mm-hmm. multiple times each, actually. Um, and it it's really nice to just pick up the controller and play the way I'm used to playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they made the interface look more like it, it would on the 360 rather than the weird PC version they had. And there's just like a lot of quality of life improvements in the original game in general. I guess they've uh, tweaked the Mako physics and stuff a little bit, but not too much. Just so it's still so you can like still hilariously hit the, wonky. But hit the the jump button and like push yourself off the side of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I was really fucking good at that Mako. Like I I would go out of my way to explore every single planet, and I was obsessed with scanning planets for some reason. I just found it really therapeutic or something <laughs> yeah i did the same thing but i also <clears throat> hated the mako so <laughs> yeah well i haven't gotten to any of that yet unfortunately but i've uh yeah it runs really well it looks great um, did they tweak for what it is combat wise to like i know th- that's there's a big shift they're pretty big shift between combat from the first to the second have they done anything to like slightly harmonize that stuff or is it mostly did they leave the the battle in, intact uh i think it's pretty much the same i i think maybe the shooting feels better okay. i can't tell if it feels better because they tweak something or if it's because it's running at like 120 frames per second <laughs> but Instead like 30, I, I can finish most was. i can finish most uh battles you know actually using my gun a lot of the times okay. where Originally, when I played through Mass Effect on 360, I feel like I was just using abilities almost entirely and just yeah. letting the AI characters do the shooting. Because shooting was such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, it feels... Yeah, I don't know. Like It also could be because I've played through that. That one specifically, I've played through at least three times. Maybe more. Um, but it feels easier to me because I'm playing on the second highest difficulty level and I haven't failed like at all okay. so far. But I haven't hit anything, like, really difficult yet, either. Like, I, I remember Matriarch uh, Benezia or something, I think her name is. is a, That's a really tough fight. But I haven't gotten that far yet. Well, but, cool. uh, I'm yeah. glad you're enjoying it. It's cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get to the other two. It's like, they the, the stuff they did to the graphics is, uh, it's, like, definitely good enough to make it, like, very playable now and, mm-hmm. and it can get by, but obviously like the character models and stuff are still pretty much the, the older character models just like, so, I mean, like, look, they, the characters look a little, uh, like their eyes are a little too widely opened and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Their mouths don't move perfectly and whatever, but for a game that old, like what they did to it, like really, helps bring it in line with modern games enough to where it's like very playable and nice Good. and all, all the cool like texture upgrades and stuff are uh, basically as good as the mod versions that I played which I mean, it's, it's much easier to just install this and play it than 
install 20 mods to make it look good. You yep. would think that a lot of it would just be texture upgrades anyways. I mean, how much are they really bumping up the polygon count on the models and stuff too? Because like, they're I, already I'm pretty high. Sure. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure not, a, I'm not a game developer. I don't know what process they go through. I mean, I would assume that they did go to like 4K assets. So that is kind of four times whatever they did previously, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Might, they, might they, be... they used like AI upscaling for yeah. the textures and stuff. But then they had to go through, I guess, every area individually and stuff and like touch it up. Like yeah, the artists did it, and they're still patching. Well, it, it's good that it they're actually out. like going through and touching it up because I feel a lot of the time when those remasters come out, like they don't necessarily do that. You know what yeah. I mean? They just yeah. so. slap it on a disc and call it a day. Like not to knock the Last of Us re- remastered or whatever, but I feel like that's kind of like what they did at the time. Like it didn't really, like it felt like they just were like, okay. <laughs> upscale it and throw it out for ps4 so we got something else for people to play like and that's kind of what it was they didn't really do anything beyond that because the textures all kind of look the same like you know what i mean the thing the thing to remember about that is that that game came out for ps3 the same year that the playstation 4 came out true so i think a lot of it was mostly just that hey we don't have backwards compatibility with the playstation 3 right they were just they were offering a a, the same game at a smoother experience so to speak yeah and and i'm sure like that's all it really was and it makes total sense this is a game i mean mass effect came out when 2006 six seven let's double Uh check our math so i mean like 15 years later you're i mean that's cool that you know, it it goes back to our whole conversation about vaulting games and things like that. Like, it's mm-hmm. cool to take a game as impactful as Mass Effect was and bring that to a modern generation because there are kids who just now would be getting into that game. And yeah. that was, like, a turning point for games in terms of, like, content, too, because they were allowing, like, you know, interracial and, and intergender, like, romancing and things like that like Mm -hmm. very early on when that stuff i mean that was the biggest controversy about that game yeah was the fact that like you oh you could be a male and you could also hook up with other males if you wanted (laughs) or you could be a female and hook up with a female or you could hook up with this alien species you know what i mean like yeah and they were talking about that shit on the news i remember watching the newscast and just being like who cares like why is this a thing like but nowadays like you know these these younger kids like that will be playing this wouldn't understand that as being a thing. They'd just be like, the you know it wouldn't be an issue to them like it was to like the past. So interesting yeah. political stuff. Two thousand seven was yeah. was Mass Effect. I, okay, I guess I I do want to add too is um yeah the combat is still I mean it's still a bit rough. That's fine, and I know that will get better through the series, but but um. The like the rest of the game just feels like even by today's standards, it feels incredibly ambitious. Like when you're going around the Citadel, I forgot how huge that was. And I can't I can't believe they actually pulled that game off back in the day on the 360, no less. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also skip the elevator rides now, but it's an option because there's dialogue that happens inside the elevator rides. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Like. Just thinking back to how ambitious that was back then and how it still feels like more 
It feels more um, like epic than some of the newer RPGs I've played, honestly. Um, and the fact that it carries over through, like your character carries over through three games is still like something no other game has done, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, and actually like having your choices <clears throat> matter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I'm probably just going to work through it slowly here and there, though. Yeah, I thought I was going to be ready to, to play it again, uh, but I haven't felt the need to do it. So I feel like I will probably wait until I'm like, man, I'm itching for some Mass Effect. And then. Still is the best music, too. Yeah. So, cool. Sweet. Has anybody played anything else they want to talk about? Uh, not yet, I guess, or am I just going to talk about. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll do that in a little bit. Uh, I've been playing Returnal a bunch still. Haven't gotten any further because <laughs> that game's hard. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how much you listen to Triple Click, um, but uh, what's his name? Kirk Hamilton beat it, beat it in twenty something hours with only seven deaths. I've heard. I mean, I think there's people out there that are way better at video games than I am. <laughs> so I, I think it's. I think it's feasible. Well, his, yeah, his joke think... was the fact that, like, he's no longer an actual games journalist, so he's actually good at games now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I still really like the game. I'm starting to get to a point where, since I'm not making much progress, I'm kind of rubbing up against it and being like, I don't know that I need to keep playing this, but... um, But... It's still it's still fun. I I did see we had a news article that John posted that they are investigating the ability to make some sort of autosave or at least even just like a uh like a suspended save for the game, but apparently like with rogue like games it makes it really difficult to like if you don't plan for something like this ahead of time, like the systems that are involved in making the game can make it kind of difficult to implement on the fly, really. So it might take a lot more work than than people are understand, or than people would understand it typically to take. So that might be coming for it, and that might be a better time for some people who aren't as um, MLG Pro 2007 as Kirk Hamilton is apparently. I so. just like I can't believe there was like there's never any intention of adding a save feature to me. It just seems kind of like. But it, see, but the, the the thing is, is like if you look at something like Spelunky, Spelunky doesn't have a suspended save. You you either die or you close the game and you're good. Also, like theoretically, the PS5 can suspend your save if you just suspend it and you have your auto updates turned off. Then you don't have to worry about losing your progress there. So like, I I think it makes sense. I don't know that it's a great choice, but like it's a rogue like game so yeah i think it i think that's what they wanted to make but at the same time i think acknowledging the realities of people like respecting people's time is something that isn't necessarily thought about in some of these cases when you have a vision for a game like that and i think it would be nice to just even be able to do that suspended save like you can't save scum at all you literally just lose that save as soon as you load it 
and you could save it again if you wanted, but you can't like copy that save and load it back up again or anything like that. I think that type of thing would make sense for this game. It just uh, like even if it was like an item that you get, you know, and you have to use it, but you get like a single save state. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like I feel yeah. like that would probably be easier to implement than an actual save system, regarding you know, based off of what they're saying, like how they built the game or whatever. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be interesting <laughs> if there was like a consumable or something that you pick yeah. up in the first room. It's just called like yeah. stasis or something like that. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, gives you a snapshot of whatever progress you've made in a particular build. The items you have and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And fixes the random, randomly generated map or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Returnal Returnal's good. and uh, Infuriatingly good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, I haven't played too much. I did get a nice new monitor. Haven't played a lot on it yet, but I'm hoping to do that soon. Um, now that I have played through Resident Evil Village, I am kind of wanting to get back to my VR run of Resident Evil 7, but since I had such production issues with it where, like, audio was messed up or things like that, I'm kind of thinking about starting it over, so I might do that. Keep keep your eyes peeled on our socials and Discord and stuff if you are interested in watching that. Um, but I did end up purchasing some extended storage for my PlayStation 5, finally. And I've downloaded a bunch of games on it, which is fun to just play the game of like, hey, I can have a lot more games downloaded on my system. Yeah, no, that's sweet. Um, so, uh, and I did. I also got a new TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. But it, uh, I, like, honestly, like, even booting, what did I boot up? I think I booted up Returnal, and, like, when I started playing Returnal on it, I was like, this feels noticeably better. And it might just be the fact that, like, it auto switches to game mode and stuff, which I was pretty, like, lazy about doing. Um, like, and I know that reduces input lag, too. Uh, so I think that kind of helped. Um, and I also booted up some Dragon Ball Z fighters or Dragon Ball fighters, which also still looks insane on an OLED, uh, regardless of the OLED. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's good. Did you call up Drew and have him come over? No, I didn't. Whoop I your should. ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't, pl- I honestly, like I bought the game on sale not too long ago for pretty cheap. Um, and I haven't started playing through the story or anything, but I just wanted to have it because it looks so nice on my TV. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it just looks too good to not have. You so. should what, you should get the the Dragon Ball Z like what's the the one where you get to make your own character, the Xenoverse or Xenoverse, whatever. Xenoverse, I think you should check yeah. that out. I've been like I like every time it pops up on sale, I'm like I kind of want to try that because I think it'd be like I just like games with character creators. I think is the problem. I'm not. I don't. I don't really go that way. Which is funny. That's what I was talking to Nick about. He finally picked up uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yes. Yeah. And he so, he texted me late Friday evening and was like, "Cyberpunk slaps." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got the message like six thirty in the morning yesterday morning, and I and I was like, "Oh, awesome! Like, what are you playing it on?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm on PC." I'm like, "Oh, very cool." Because I was thinking like, was he playing on PS4? Like, because no. if it slaps on PS4 now, that's sweet. <laughs> no. But he's like, no, no I was playing on PC, up- and he's like, he's like, I. He, I was re-listening to the podcast where you guys were talking about it, and he's like, I completely agree with you. <laughs> like, and I was like, all right, awesome. <laughs> Thank you for validating me. <laughs> yeah, he, he texted me last week, and he was like, what price would be a good price for me to play, pay for 
support Cyberpunk. And well, I think it's a full my... price game, man. It's still good, especially on PC. Like you can pay. It's forty seven right now on everything, but. I I'm, but my my memory of it all to him I was basically just like honestly at this point if I could talk to past Alex who's not on a video game podcast I would probably say don't bother buying this game but uh, for him I was basically just like I looked up I looked up CD keys or something and they had it for twenty eight bucks I was like oh, it's twenty eight dollars here uh, and you know so he's like okay I'll do they that. might steal your it. identity but. <laughs> Well, I bought it for him, actually, because I was like, I've used CD keys before if you want me to do it. And then that way, if you have any troubles with the key or anything. I've already had my identity stolen yeah. by them, so. They already they already know my blood. They can only steal my identity one time. Then you can just be like, oh, someone must have stolen my identity and bought these 15 PS5s and 3080s. It wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just cover for it. But. Yeah. Anyway, I hope uh, I hope Nick enjoys Cyberpunk and maybe we can get him to talk about it on the show. Absolutely, I do. I want to go back and play it some more. I, I've been meaning to do that. I also just in general haven't had much to talk about lately, which sucks. But hopefully next time after Biomutant, I've been watching a lot of Biomutant videos. That game is it's going to scratch some kind of itch. I think is that a sixty dollar game? It is a full price game. Not um, if you buy it on like. Uh, there's a there's Green a, Man's there's got a, it like 14% off right now, and you get an extra 16% off if you use a coupon code. And then, uh, uh yeah, Wario uh, 64 had a deal for it. Uh, let me double check real quick. People can still get it up until I think the 25th, which is the day it releases. Green Man has no deals on it right now, it's full price. That's weird. But, uh, well, you can use the code, uh, what was it? May, May 21, I think, and get 14% off. There Maybe. was actually, there know. was a EA's releasing like a new, no, it's 20, it's 26% off right now for me on Green Man. It's 4439. I'm also gold tier on Green Man, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh. I'm not signed in, so maybe that's... Yeah, if you sign in, I think you get better deals. That's Um, a good system. Or you can also just do EA Play Pro, because it is an EA game, I think. It's THQ Nordic. Mm. Well, that's weird. Well, you know what? It looks cool, but ultimately I don't think I can justify spending the money on it right now. So I guess I'll just... No, that's fine. It'll give me something to talk about for once. No, it's good. Uh the I think um there was there was a deal that Wario had for it that was like I think it was like forty one. That's still too much. Forty three nineteen at two game with code bio forty four Wario sixty four. Discount valid until May twenty fifth. Um so I thought about it and then I watched a video and I was like, This looks cool, but I don't know that it's my bag. So I might wait to see what you think of it, John. And uh, how do we get affiliate links for all this shit? Like we should be affiliates for like Green. I talk about Green Man all the time on here. <laughs> green Man sponsor I, us, man. Maybe. Throw us, throw us some. Like let us make a couple of bucks. Wear a Green Man suit next time we record. No, video. and then Alex can replace me with whatever the hell he wants in the <laughs> video. Oh, that's awesome! You have one. <laughs> No, it's all the green spandex that I bought from Joanne's Fabrics to make a green screen. <laughs> mm. 
He's really just going to turn it into like a tube that he can then slide over his body, and he's just a green worm. <laughs> my shirt's probably green enough to delete my body. Uh, yeah. yeah, but your blue lighting's kind of messing with it. So I can change that. Make Ooh, it I green. wonder if I change and that then, to green. Yeah, and then everything, we can make you just disappear from the podcast. It's just Brian's floating head. It'll be like microstomia, <laughs> the game. How about how about we just make my tiny mouth float around with eyeballs? And that's yeah. It? There that's, we go. That sounds awesome. Well, Anyways. Uh, ask. Yeah, so I don't know. Let's let's go into some news real quick. Uh, John, there was this stuff about the Division Heartland. Yeah, so I think we talked about it briefly last time that Ubisoft is going like free to play with a lot of their franchises, and mm-hmm. uh, I saw like a couple of trailers of Heartland getting thrown around, and essentially what it looks like to me is like uh, some form of battle royale uh, division sort of thing, which is kind of cool because it kind of fits with the narrative of the game in a way where people are fighting to survive and yada yada. Um, but I was, before we started recording, I was saying that I, I think it'd be really cool to have a battle Royale sort of game that is, uh, is like bullet sponge style instead of like the one shot kills, because like, it's not fun to play the one shot kills. Like part of the exhilaration, I, I fucking hate it. I think there's um, advantages and disadvantages to both. Same way that there's a reason that Rainbow Six Siege is fun and then other non, you know, I mean, part, part of the fun. exhilaration of like the division and going into the dark zone was like getting into those firefights with another squad of people and like fighting to survive. Like you're literally like trying to heal each other and like, you know, you using all your abilities and things to like just kind of get through a firefight and uh and taking out the other team and i think like that sort of if they combine that with like a battle royale setting like maybe that would be kind of cool you know like maybe it's only pairs instead of squads of four like or maybe it is squads of four who knows but uh yeah there's they still haven't they got to release more information about it it looks like interesting enough if it is some form of battle royale because i don't know what else you would do with the division necessarily that you could do in a free-to-play format because what Triple Click had mentioned was how, like, it seems as though Ubisoft is taking a cue from Activision in seeing that, like, the Call of Duty franchise has expanded beyond just, like, the stories. They've got Warzone, they've got mobile games, and a lot, of, like, Warzone's free, and the mobile games are free. And so, like, Ubisoft's like, maybe we can make extra money this way, too. And so I think The Division is a cool franchise to do it with, and I would just like to see... I, I just want to see more of what they're doing with it. I, I love the division. It's one of my favorite game franchises of all time at this point because I invested so much time in them. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see where Heartland goes. So yeah, we'll see where I want to know where it takes place too. I don't think they've mentioned that quite yet. I so. think it's in the in heartland. the Heartland. Um, the fuck is that? Where's the Heartland? It's like <laughs> in the middle of the, the U.S. It's towards the heart of the United States. Yeah, what is it in like Kansas? Like. Probably because who gives a shit about Kansas? Like, make it in Detroit. Like, Detroit's cool and has like landmarks and shit. No, it's the Motor City. That'll be the next free expansion. Is is Division Motor City? It's supposed to be in a rural area, but like focuses on a smaller town. So, the Video Games Chronicle had an article. There were twenty minutes of footage of Heartland that leaked uh, from a closed beta, I believe, or a closed test of some kind. Um, and so there's also some developer briefing notes that say that it is in an um, American small town called Silver Creek, 
Players will come to know Silver Creek in a PvE mode called Expedition and a 45-player PvEVP mode called Storm. So yeah, it sounds it sounds like the 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 uh, uh, battle royale ish thing will also have like environmental and like other AI or not AI, but well yeah, AI enemies and things that people can fight against, and also will kind of get into your get into your firefights with other people. Yeah, as that well. just sounds so cool. I'm cool. I'm into that. Like especially considering again how much I enjoy the division in general. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. Is it something like it's going to be completely cross-platform, cross-play? Like, will I be able to play on my iPad and you guys are on PCs or whatever? Or, like, what is it going to be? Oh, I forgot. You can use a controller on an iPad nowadays. The article says Heartland is being led by Red Storm Entertainment and is set for release on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC in 2021-22. In in reference to what uh, Brian... I don't know I said Ryan, but what Brian just said... (laughs) Uh, Apple is beginning to sell the PS5 controllers in their stores because they love the controller so much. So yes, mm-hmm. you can wow. use a controller on an iPad. So something there's to- a there's a link in this article to uh, to sign up for a chance to play test the game. So yeah, um, link link me that so I can uh um, I'll sign up. I'll throw it in the Discord and we can all. I'm gonna sign up for PC. But yeah, I mean it, like. Whatever cross platform is becoming a thing. Destiny is going to be testing it like next this next update. I think is what I read somewhere else too. Is that it like- actually? It was accidentally enabled a couple weeks ago. I want to say, and it was working fine. And then they took it down. That's good. The, oh yeah, the Fortnite conundrum, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole, there's been a whole bunch of stuff from the Apple and Epic lawsuit that we haven't really talked about because it's been there's been there was like a barrage of news in terms of like. How much Epic was paying to get exclude or get to get games on free games to give away on the Epic Game Store and like, um, uh, there's just been a lot of like people. <laughs> Apparently, there's been a lot of strife in terms of companies that have secrets with Microsoft and Epic, uh, and Apple in some cases where all of this stuff is getting revealed in proceedings that uh, they didn't want revealed. And so there's a lot of people that are like, a lot of game companies are contacting the judge to kind of be like, hey, we want this redacted. And then the judge is like, sorry, this shit already got out. There's no point in redacting it at this point. (laughs) So uh, there's a lot of Apple versus Epic stuff out there. People should check it out if you're interested in those very long-winded and pointless conversations that we had about a long time ago. I was Um, interested, like, not to bring up, Triple click again and keep referencing another podcast on our podcast. Yeah, so if you especially guys one don't like us, just go listen to them. No, instead. don't listen to them because Kirk. What, well, Kirk Hamilton's cool, and I like Maddie Myers, but Jason Schreier sucks balls. Well, you can. Um, here's the thing: you can listen to our podcast, and you get all the giant bomb from me, and you get the triple click from John. So we're just saving you time. You don't have. To yeah, listen you don't have to, to listen to the other ones at all. Of, of, yeah, but they you uh, can just click once instead of three times. Yeah, they they brought up the fact that because of this trial, Roblox had to go back and like re, uh, like rebrand like what they do. So Roblox is no longer just a game in and of itself. It's, it's also an it's like it's a platform. Mm-hmm. And because it's a platform and has its own storefront in the platform, they no longer call the things that they sell in the storefront games. Like, creators mm-hmm. in Roblox can make games, but they're now called, like, 
experiences or something like that. Like they had to change the terminology in order to like uh, not fall into the narrative of what's going on. They're trying to not get mixed up in this lawsuit, but inadvertently being mixed up in this lawsuit, much like everyone else is. So like this, like Epic opened this can of worms that I think is like, I like, they're still saying that Apple's going to win this, like no matter what, but Epic has opened this can of worms with Apple because of this, that is going to have some pretty wicked repercussions across the entire industry. Yeah. It's, it's very much like causing waves with the entire games industry. And I'm sure people are not that happy about it, but there's also on the topic of Roblox for those who don't know about it. Uh, there's an article on Vice's gaming vertical called Waypoint. Um, Waypoint Games by Vice is the actual title. But Patrick Klepek wrote an article said, How these developers hope to build a 100-person game studio inside Roblox. There's a game, an experience inside of Roblox called Adopt Me that apparently is so profitable for them that they've been able to open a game studio that makes games in Roblox only. And just so everyone knows, stock tip from John of the Midwest Game Nerds podcast, <laughs> Roblox is public right now, and they're currently in a dip. So it is a great time to buy Roblox stock. Uh, John is not a financial advisor. I he am not, not a financial uh, advisor at all. <laughs> we are not responsible for the views and opinions. No, you could have just left it as we are real. not responsible. <laughs> that too. Uh, other where other places in news from uh, there. There's been some Twitter stuff from Jeff Grubb, who is a noted uh, video games uh, media, video games press um, person uh, on Twitter, basically unequivocally saying that Starfield, the new uh, Bethesda RPG will not be coming to PlayStation 5, which is what most people expected in a lot of cases, but I think there were a lot of delusional people that were like, maybe it'll still come out for PlayStation, even though Microsoft bought Bethesda. But um, there seem to be a lot of people that are saying Starfield will not be coming to PlayStation 5, uh, even though Bethesda and ZeniMax and Microsoft has not have not made any specific announcements to that regard. Um, but yeah, might be disappointing for some people to hear that, but we're preparing you now. If you want to play Starfield, either have a PC like we do or get an Xbox series S or X when you can find one. Um, cause your PlayStation after death loop might not have very many Bethesda games on it anymore. <laughs> so surprise to nobody, but that seems to be what's happening. There's a lot of uh, there's also a lot of fud about the um, when Starfield will be released. There are some people that are still confident that like Bethesda is gonna like preview it at E3 and then it's gonna come out in November. But <laughs> uh, that seems incredibly unlikely. There's as a of... as a buggy mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be a buggy mess regardless of when it comes out. <laughs> but. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that 2022 is much more likely. So that's your Starfield update. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we really got for news. That was in the on the docket. So unless there's anything else you guys were thinking of, no, we let's talk about to... let's talk about Hell Let Loose. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I don't have a ton to say about that game, but I played uh, played a few times, I want to say. What is it? Several hours. It is a war game, a first-person shooter set in World War II. Okay. Um, similar in some regards to the Battlefield games, but in a much more realistic capacity. Um, Does it involve any type of flight stick? I was under the impression that it was like a flying game, but I might be completely wrong. It is not a flying game. Okay. You're thinking of uh, a different game. Okay. Um, it is, yeah, very much ground-based. Unlike Battlefield, I feel like you, you can't take control of aircraft and stuff in okay. this game. But you can take control of tanks and uh other motor vehicles but tanks are uh like much more on the realistic side where you literally like the person driving the tank can't even see what the hell they're doing they need the spotter to be telling them where to go okay and um you have to change gears like everything's manual nice Uh, (laughs) everything moves at a more realistic speed like these tanks are not quick Um, and, uh, yeah, like on foot or in vehicles, there's no like natural, uh, crosshair on your screen or anything. Like you have to actually use the sights to aim Hmm. or just hope you hit. And there's no like hit indicators when you're hitting people. Like you can hear if you hit their helmet or something, you might hear like a, a ping or something, but for the most part, like when you're taking enemies down, you don't even know if you actually got them or not. Hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting. Like it's it's very uh, you can you can definitely flank outflank like whole squads of enemies just by being quiet and hiding in brush and stuff. Um, and yeah, team play is definitely the name of the game. Like you you um, each team. Of up to fifty people, it's it's a fifty versus fifty game. Damn. Um, each team has a commander role, which some battlefield games have had that as well. Um, and they basically they communicate through voice with the squad leaders. Um, and they're I don't know. There's like a I don't even know how many squads Max you can have. I, I'm not good at math you know but uh you can do like the regular infantry squads are up to six people each so like one squad leader and then five other people of whatever class you want to play like i usually play medic because it's a pretty good beginner role Mm -hmm. and it's satisfying because you can actually do something other than shoot people like you can revive people if they haven't been headshotted and uh heal them and stuff. Uh, it also has proximity chat, so you can actually, like, talk, talk shit. to other people <laughs> close to you that are not in your squad. Um, is there a button yeah, you have to press for that, or does yeah, it, is it natural? Yeah. No, there's a button for it. Okay. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fun if you're playing with, like, a, a group of people that you... Uh, like to play with you know uh, like 
I only play games with whatnot. people I hate. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was playing with like <laughs> a very enjoyable group, but I'm not like I don't know them super well. Yeah. It's like uh, John's neighbor and all his friends. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they're they're really fun to play with because they because uh, they play really, they actually play games. Yeah. They actually play as a team. Yeah, that too. Yeah, when they log on, they actually play for several hours instead of, like, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, I look forward to getting to play that a bit more. It's on um, Steam Early Access twenty nine ninety nine. Let Loose. Yeah, another thing to mention is the maps are very meticulously made. Like, they're very uh, true. It's true to, the, like, the original battle maps as possible you can get it 15 percent off on green man yeah there, there's in. a lot there's a lot more specific things i could go into but i i just i don't i'm not super i'm like i'm definitely not an expert on that game yet so i don't know if i would explain things correctly but there's definitely like uh kind of like a supply chain uh gameplay dynamic in play there so like capturing certain points gives you certain resources to which opens up like more i think more artillery options and stuff like that interesting um it it kind of reminds me of massive mag did i did i ever talk about mag for ps3 on here you guys remember that game at all no a little bit it was the abbreviation of massive action game which i feel like it was very ahead of its time but there were like you basically like it was a game where like there would be several different play fields that were all related to the same objective and being played consecutively so like they had a mode that was basically i'll look up the actual numbers here but you would be playing in a map where like your map was surrounded around the communications tower. And if you disabled the communications tower, then your enemies wouldn't be able to use voice chat <laughs> and stuff crazy. like that. So like, like you saying the supply thing, that kind of makes sense. I think it's probably pretty, I think there was stuff like that in mag as well. And that like, I, it'd be sweet if Sony revived it, but I don't think it did well enough for like that to actually be a thing. But yeah, like, it was up to 256 players for one game of mag. That's wild. And it was spread across like a bunch of different maps, basically. Like there was one mode that was like literally like 256 people are playing on this, but um, like, you know, a hundred, like I feel like 50 versus 50 is big for something that's like a team based shooter game. We haven't really seen that much in terms of like, uh, you know, non battle Royale type stuff. So that sounds like a really cool, um, on a really unique experience. Yeah, I mean, I had just rewatched, uh, just finished rewatching Band of Brothers as well, which I feel mm. like is a pretty solid depiction of World War Two. And um, it's uh, like the sounds and and visuals in this game are like real spot on. Like the artillery is absolutely terrifying when it starts dropping, um, and that that's just all like very uh like team play oriented as well like you actually have to have somebody spotting for you on the ground because the artillery literally is like in the back of the field and they can't see what they're shooting at all they get to see is like numbers like who they've actually killed 
huh. on a scoreboard or whatever. Um, because, yeah, they can't actually see where the artillery is dropping and whatnot. So you got to have somebody spotting for you. Um, I haven't had a chance to try, like, the recon rolls, which are, like, the sniper rolls and spotter rolls, but um, those look interesting, too. Spotter sounds like my jam. There's there's a lot of things. I feel like you'd be you'd enjoy being like a medic and stuff too. Yeah. Just like a support class role. There's there's a lot of good support class roles you can play, um, like engineer and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah so there was four, really there's fourteen explored. different roles I think on the Steam page from what it said. Yeah, so it sounds like there's uh, a variety of different ways to play the game, which is cool. I definitely feel like we could have fun playing it, but it also it can be frustrating because of like the lack of feedback and whether you're actually hitting people or not. And yeah. it's very difficult to hit people in general for at a distance with a lot of those weapons. Makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah. Oh, you can't tell how much ammo you have unless you're counting it and know each gun. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you reload early, you're just wasting ammo. Oh, run. that's horrible. You only I get can't two play magazines per life, I think. Yeah, I feel I triggered. <laughs> I only shoot one bullet, and then I throw away the whole clip. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like yeah, we're, that like doesn't gel doing... with how I play Rainbow Six, so I'm not... <laughs> oh, really... I, I agree entirely. And, uh, <laughs> it, it's But usually you're dead before you need more ammo. Or right. your buddy can give you ammo, because there's somebody that does that, like one of the classes. That's I can't cool. be trusted. I'm throwing away the entire clip. Don't yeah. give me more ammo. Um, that sounds yeah. cool. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. All right. Alex. Yeah. Why don't you tell us how you feel about Resident Evil Village? How far, how many hours are you in? Did you uh, beat it? You beat I it. beat it. I beat it after like 11-ish hours, I think, according to the game clock, which does not include cinematics, I think. Um, there's also an achievement for beating it in under three, which sounds insane. But Wow. I'm not going to get that achievement. <laughs> um, yeah, Resident Evil Village, uh, which is also Resident Evil 8, um, is out now for PS4, 5, Xbox Series, and Xbox Ones, and PC as well. Uh, sadly, no VR component this time around, although I'm hearing some people say that it might be a PSVR 2 feature whenever that gets released, uh, probably next year at some point, I would think. Um which would be very cool. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like the resident evil games are, have a very cool kind of past in a lot of ways, in my opinion, because when you look at games like resident evil one and two, they're extremely survival horror, very much rooted in the horror side of things for those games. And then when you start getting to like resident evil three and definitely resident evil four, they're way more action-based. And the way that you can kind of um, denote that, or the the thing that really makes sense to me, is like, in 1 and 2, you're like, oh man, I have 9 bullets right now. I need to choose what I'm shooting. Whereas in Resident Evil 3 and 4, and 5 and 6 as well, you get so much more ammo that you're like, oh, I can kill everything and not really worry about it. Resident Evil 7 was very much like 1 and 2, and Resident Evil Village is very much like 3, 4, 5, and 6. Um, it's much more action-oriented, 
But they also find some ways to do some interesting things. It is first person once again, um, and it takes place in a village, as you might have thought it would. Um, but the village has like four sections to it that are like helmed by these generals of the big bad in the game. And so basically you go into these four different segments of the game to kind of defeat the general and collect an item that you bring back to what's called the chalice and and you place the item in it. But, um, there's like one or two sections, like the first section that you go to, which is the castle, which has been in the demo and it has the very tall vampire lady that the internet is buzzing over. Um, is very much like Resident Evil 1 and 2. It has the more survival horror element of it. You're in this castle, which kind of feels like the mansion, so you get a little bit of those older Resident Evil games in it as well. And they also throw in... That's kind of the section of the game where they throw in the... um, the, like, wandering menace, like the Mr. X or the Nemesis from the Resident Evil 2 and and 3 remakes, and also Jack Baker from, from Resident Evil 7. Um, so there's a little bit of that in there with the tall, uh, pale vampire lady. Um, and so you get a little bit of like the earlier Resident Evils in that section. There's another section where they like completely take away your weapons, which they also do that kind of stuff in as well, which is cool. But then like the latter half of the game is very much like fucking action. Here's a lot of bullets. Get a sniper rifle that you're probably going to be using at close range because you used up your bullets on some of the other stuff, but you're going to get more bullets too, so don't worry about that, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I love this game. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's great. I think Resident Evil 7 is, in my opinion, a better Resident Evil game. Like, Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 7 are now my two favorite Resident Evil games, basically. What makes 7 better, though? I just personally prefer the, like, I'm about to shit my pants because I'm creeped out of Resident (laughs) Evil 7. And that does not happen so much in this game. Like, you get some good jump scares in this one, but there's some truly creepy shit in Resident Evil 7 that, like, haunts you. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, like, just, I I recall the demo, like, being creeped out just walking through the house. Like... Yep. 100%. Yeah. And, And I think, um... By the nature of the game, you're very much in, like, in Resident Evil 7, you're in enclosed spaces, it's a lot more claustrophobic, you're, like, dealing with walking through hallways and and rooms and stuff like that. So you get that stuff in, like, the beginning of Resident Evil 8, but by nature of it also being in a village and kind of much more open area, it just loses a little bit of that, like, creepiness to it because it's so much more open. Um... And so that's what makes me prefer Resident Evil 7 to this game. But at the same time, I still had a good time with this game. Um, the protagonist is the same as the one from Resident Evil 7. He's still a fucking dunce. And, like, <laughs> just... it's Like, the acting isn't great, but it kind of makes it funny, and that's good. Um, and, like, there's not... There's there's some interesting implications for like the history of Resident Evil games in this game that kind of is cool. It was a cool way to kind of tie it in when it didn't necessarily feel like it was going to get tied in. And so I really like some of the lore that comes with this one as well. Um and kind of seeing what they're going to do. 
in my opinion, it does really kind of set up for a trilogy of games. So I'm wondering if Resident Evil 9 is going to be something. It's probably, it might still be first person. Um, it might have to do with some of the characters that you meet in this one as well. Um, and so I'm curious to see where that might lead to. But overall, you know, I think I had a great time with it. They included the mercenaries mode, which is uh, kind of like a it's kind of like a horde mode, like a timed, not really horde mode. This version of it is very much like there's three environments that you're going to visit. You have so many enemies that are going to pop up and the more of them you kill, the higher the points you get and the higher the points you get, the better rewards you get. And rewards are basically like things to make mercenaries mode easier or like new areas in mercenaries mode, that type of stuff. So they included that with this game. That stuff is there for people that have liked that in the past. I've never been like a huge fan of it because I'm usually pretty bad at it. Um, and then it did also come with the Resident Evil Reverse game, but I have not checked that out yet. I didn't hear great things about it. It's like a free add-on game that they are like reusing a lot of assets from all of the games that they've been coming out with, including like I think Leon and Claire are in it with Jack Baker, and it's kind of like a, I think it's like a a multiplayer, like, uh, it's like a deathmatch, I think, from what I understand, but I haven't heard great things about it, so we'll see. I might, I might check it out. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I think if you really liked Resident Evil 7, you'll probably enjoy this game, if you understand that it's not quite as creepy. I, I kind of understand why it wouldn't be done in vr even from like a like it's so much more actiony standpoint um you're dealing with monsters in open areas that can move very quickly and stuff like that so i think from a comfortability standpoint in vr it wouldn't work as well but i'll be curious to see if they try and do it anyway with psvr2 um but no i i mean i got 11 12 hours out of it and I, i'm i'm pretty satisfied with that for this game it's it's it was a lot of fun i love taking a dip into the resident evil games um they've always been fun for me and like the game looks great and it's just it's it's another very solid resident evil game and i'm glad that capcom recovered from resident evil 6 because that game uh, that's the one mainline resident evil that i have not played at all because I heard it was so bad. And uh, and people were really worried after that. That they just would not be able to do it. And then Resident Evil 7 was a revival. And I'm glad to see that that has kind of stuck. And they've incorporated more of that stuff into Resident Evil 8. And it sounds like they're on a good path with the Resident Evil games at this point. So, Yeah. I'm uh, curious to see what comes next. I think the Resident Evil 4 remake is the one that people are maybe talking about, which is, you know, I Resident Evil 4 was a great game at the time. It's very much action-based, not so creepy, so it wasn't necessarily one of my favorites, but, um, uh, you know, I think they did such a great job with Resident Evil 2 remake, and I think 4 will get the same care. 3 was okay, but mostly seemed like they just wanted to use a lot of the Resident Evil 2 stuff again. <laughs> so, 4 is going to require some big differences, and uh, and we'll see what they get out of that. But yeah, I I loved it quite a bit, and uh, I think any Resident Evil fan will have a good time with it. Um, and some of the newer fans might realize, like, there's very much a pattern to 7 and 8. 
first half of the game is straightforward, pretty cool, and then you start to kind of descend into some of the Resident Evil lore bullshit. Same kind of thing happens here, it's just a lot lighter with that in a lot of cases, but uh, it does get silly, and I think it's okay, like, I think it works well for the series. It kind of did in the past, and it, it still does now, so. Yeah, Resident Evil Village. It just makes me think, like, well, like, where, what happened to, like, sh- like the shooter, like, rail shooter games? Like, I know we got, like, Rush of Blood or whatever for PSVR, but, like, where's, like, the time crisis and the house of the deads and things like that and like couldn't you couldn't you utilize the the uh the aim controller for psvr with the camera but without the headset to give us like old school rail shooters like that like is that even like how i would love yeah, i would think that i would, would love sense. like a modern time crisis at home in, in maybe it's a vr time crisis i don't know like that would be cool but i feel like like you talked about like oh the, this this game's more action oriented so it wouldn't really translate to like vr as well because of like how actiony it is but like couldn't they do that where it's like your your character's automatically placed in like a stationary spot and then like enemies just kind of swarm in and you like attack them or whatever much like time crisis or house of the dead or whatever like why couldn't they implement things like that i suppose yeah but, i mean i think i think that would that would be a very different game than what this is but i think it's still possible like i know that there's a big uh, push in games preservation to try and figure out how to make light gun games work on the flat modern, panel TVs, modern television, not that CRT never even TVs. that never even dawned on me as like the reasoning behind it was the switch in technology just kind of rendered light gun games useless. Yeah, like the but the I think way, I think I the think, aim controller could be the solution for that because the aim controller is only uh, it uses the ball at the end of the controller to sense the location of the point. And motion stuff inside of the controller, too, right? Yeah. Because that, you know, the the ball will help you kind of understand where things are kind of pointed, and you can track it a little bit, but then also, like, having the telemetry data inside the the gun to know how you're pointing it, I think, would work, too. Right. I don't know. I'm there with you. I would love to see even just a compilation of old Time Crisis games, or, like, the Resident Evil Gun Survivor game that came out for, like, PS1, and I think there's Umbrella Chronicles games that came out for, like, the Wii. Well, and, like, isn't House of the Dead coming out on the Switch or something like that, too? Like... Maybe. I don't I'm, know. I'm pretty I sure it is. Like, I, I like I thought I saw something about it in the last, like, Nintendo uh, Direct or whatever, but... Yeah. Regardless, like I, I love those games. I wish I wish we could figure out a way to make those work. I think the aim controller with the camera, the PlayStation camera, would be the solution for that sort of thing. But who knows? Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know. I mean, especially with the new technologies that are going to be in PSVR two, uh, it might change things a little bit, and it might figure out a bit. There's better ways to do tracking now than using that right. stupid ball at the end of the aim controller. So. I don't know. It would well, be yeah, cool. with like all the lidar technology and shit that's coming out and all that, like mm-hmm. you know, MVs to the moon, like that whole shit. <laughs> like, I am not a financial advisor. Game, Game Nerds has just turned into John's way to pump and dump uh, stocks, pretty. Much. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Midwest pump and dump nerds. That sounds bad. Uh, yeah, um, I don't want to be a part of that. I want more like on games too. We'll see. Yeah, that's Maybe. all besides the point. Resident Evil Village, everybody should check out if you have yep. a platform that can play it. Do it. Yes. Yeah. And I've heard also that um, while the graphical improvements of 
the PS5 and the Xbox series is, uh, is nice uh, that the version of the game that came out for PS4 and for Xbox One is also quite good as well. So uh, if you... If you feel like you can't play it because you don't have the latest console, don't feel that way because apparently it's still quite enjoyable on the on the standard, uh, the the last gen consoles. So sweet, cool, good deal. If uh, you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com/slash/links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. These are little snippets of our life outside of video games sometimes, and sometimes we'll talk about some games too. Who knows? You also get access to horror movie yearbooks, Tiny Terrors, which are their little, 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 their little side quests as well in the, the realm of horror uh, again, I talked about it at the top of the show, but I was on an episode talking about my parents' haunted house, which was pretty cool. And uh, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on our favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your Twitch Prime subscription that you get free from Twitch Prime to give to us if you would like, or whoever. Just support gaming in general. We don't really care. We would love to have extra money on the side, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, anyways, next episode we will hopefully be talking about Biomutant or at least I will be I don't know what everybody else is going to talk about we're going to listen yeah they're going to listen to me talk about (laughs) Biomutant Uh, I will ask you questions about Biomutant yeah so it'll be cool and then uh, yeah I'm not sure what our side quest is going to be actually I know I have an idea of what we can talk about on the side quest so hopefully I can get that sorted out Uh, in the meantime thanks for checking us out and we will see you next time peace Hey, Brian, I sold my car because I'm. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> People are laughing at how ridiculous they are. God, I wish you were recording that. I still am. <laughs> Oh, hey, Brian, I stole my car. <laughs> that was, oh, that's the punchline. <laughs> and you should audition for SNL. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fucking hey, That was awesome. Alec dies on air. <laughs>